And welcome to the Heart Guide Media Podcast. I am your host, Jesse HS, and this is a new episode, sort of a t- second part, uh, part two, if you will, um, to the uh, physical media conversation that I had on the Friendship Snake Podcast, friends of mine. Um, and that episode has been posted on their uh, webpage and on their platforms for their podcast, as well as ours. So it's kind of like a double post uh, simulcast type deal, and this is kind of continuing on that um, conversation uh, about physical media um, as far as, uh, you know, records and CDs and uh, Blu-rays and DVDs and VHS and, and all forms of physical media in the, in the sense of uh, music and film. Um, and, and the importance, uh, its relevance, and uh, what we like and what we dislike, and uh, I couldn't think of a better guest to have on um, this uh, sort of second part than my friend Lou Smith, who I know is a, a somewhat of an audiophile as well as I am, so uh, there was no really uh, better person to have on to talk about kind of physical media. Um, obviously everyone that appears on this podcast, uh, is, in, in most facets is huge on, uh, having physical forms of, uh, their entertainment and their media. Um, so, and we are the Heart God Media Podcast. So, um, yeah, this is going to be an awesome conversation and I hope you and, uh, you enjoy it. Um, check out the first part, um, the we also talk about Disney Plus streaming on that. I know Disney Plus now owns Fox, so we get into that in a bunch of different aspects. On the the first part, which is you know the uh, Friendship Snake uh, gentlemen were on uh, that, and they hosted it, and I was on that, and I uh, we agreed to do a double publish, a double post, and uh, this is a second uh, part of that with a uh, friend, uh, Mr. Lewis Smith. So, hope you all enjoy this conversation. Uh, that I have with him. Yeah, they're called like uh, they're called like new new Renaissance or new radicals. They're called something weird, but they all live in the same house, and oh, uh, they've definitely tried to do. Because I obviously spent some time down there. I uh, I lived down there for over a year, and uh, yeah, they try to convert you. Great food, but man, weird, weird, weird bunch. Yeah, very weird bunch. You know what was off-putting? I got the fucking Reuben. They put French's yellow mustard on there. I was expecting, like, fucking, like, stone ground stone ground gourmet shit, and I get the fucking stuff that they picked up at the Dollar General. You yeah, know? <laughs> some shit they were doing in the back, but they opted for Clover Valley. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But anyway, here here we are at the Heart Guy Media Podcast, uh, and we're going to talk about some uh, physical uh, media today obviously we're both owners of uh physical media and both um, the music and film avenues so uh and i don't think we ever i mean uh it's it's funny because you know we were talking uh, i kind of did like an episode with uh with some uh friends on the uh, friendship snake podcast and uh they were talking about you know one day you're your uh you know what you buy on itunes or 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 wherever one day that could be gone they could revoke like you know you you could it's not guaranteed that you're gonna have these things forever right uh but neither here nor there i i guess uh but all relevant um we're both owners and we take pride in collecting our uh film and music um and obviously, uh, Record Store Day was just uh, this past weekend, so this is all kind of uh, 
seemingly, uh, you know, in, in cue for what uh, we're talking about today. Um, so uh, when, I mean, obviously we've been friends for a long time, and in the mm-hmm. ba- the basis of our uh, friendship has has been surrounded. Uh, you know, it's it's delved in and dived deep into film, but. It's it's based off music, and I know uh, our love for vinyl was one of the first things that you and I uh, talked about uh, back in our youthful days, uh, many uh, many moons ago. So, um, when at what point uh, did you start? Did you realize? I mean, because I I think you know, there's a, a point where you realize like. I'm like a, I'm kind of amassing like a bunch of shit here. Like, at what point did you realize like, oh shit, I'm like a collector of of physical products of like uh, music and or film. So, it's it's kind of funny. Like, I remember stumbling across my dad's like record collection, probably in like ninth grade, somewhere in that neighborhood, and I found this box that like was super smelly just like musty you know i could tell it hadn't been opened in a while but like started going through it and there was like christmas decorations and like stuff that literally looked like it had been pulled out of a cellar somewhere and i came across i don't know there's probably like 20 25 albums in there and i and it was all shit that i recognized predominantly classic rock stuff um you know your former eagles simon and garfunkel floyd shit like that the benchmarks and of vinyl collecting ex- exactly and so of, of course immediately i went to my dad i'm like i was like okay i know what these are but like these are yours right and he's like well who the fuck else would they be it's like okay great answer can i have them now and it was kind of like he was like i don't give a shit and he had had a uh, record player uh out in the garage and it pretty much kind of went from there i i remember kind of going through you know salvation army looking for stereos so to, to answer your question in a roundabout way, as far as music was concerned, because I think growing up, at, even in middle school and stuff, it's like you buy shit every once in a while. Um, you know, when you save up your fucking, you know, you save your ducats that you get from, you know, your your birthday presents and shit. Um, and you go and buy a couple of CDs or, or whatever, um, you know, VHS tapes, whatever, the first DVDs. But like. I think when I really started kind of like, okay, I have this good foundation because the VHS collection probably started when I was young, right. which was, was, was an offshoot of like my dad's collection and my mom's collection. And I kind of put it all together, but I would say, you know, as far as music is concerned, when I really started pursuing heavy was yeah ninth grade, you know, freshman year of high school. Um, that's what, because from there it was like, well, in Shenango, as you know, it's like there's a Salvation Army right the fuck there. Yeah, like, exactly. I, so walking there after school or whatever, like obviously by the time we we're able to drive, it's like we're going there on a fucking weekly basis and buying T-shirts that are too small for us and looking through the records and the VHS tapes and the books. So, yeah, I would say as far as music is concerned, definitely about like ninth grade, tenth grade. That's really when it kind of kicked into gear. And it was like I'm buying fucking Bay City Rollers and you know, every once in a while I get something cool, you know, you get your cars and the blondie and shit in there, but you know, it was also tough going cause you get Ray Conniff and his singers, you know, the entire Barbara Streisand discography. It's like, I don't necessarily <laughs> need this, you know? Exactly. I mean, there's, uh, well, that's, what's interesting about like, uh, s- someone like, uh, myself or you, um, 
we uh we have such a, a a wide range in musical taste that nothing i mean we could walk into uh you know say a salvation army or or, or the uh the ever-present thrift store and we could find something even though to look at us if you look at us and we have our either our ramon shirts on or or like some metal t-shirt uh or or something you wouldn't think like oh geez these guys are looking for uh a lover boy record or they're they're looking for genesis or something like that um Obviously, we have our, like, go-to genres, but obviously, I think being raised, like, in upstate New York and having uh, certain radio stations, too, um, but also having, you know, fathers that were, uh, both of our fathers being raised during the pinnacle of, like, uh, musical, like, vinyl, like, all that stuff. Vinyl was such, so mass-produced in the 70s um, that that kind of rubbed off on us when we saw that, like, our parents kind of, like... They didn't. It's funny because obviously there's people from the '70s that we even know that still hold their collections very near and dear. But then you got like the the more common man, like kind of like loses touch and doesn't have that connectivity with, a, like, say, a record collection. So part and parcel, you know, those records get dumped off to us one way or another, and you know we are uh, children of that were raised in the early 90s so now you know we're amassing stuff from the 80s and looking for stuff from the 90s and, and so on and so forth and obviously we're the resurgence of vinyl it's like it's never ending really uh now um but uh it, yeah it's similar to to yours as well like uh, i know my father had went ha- used to go halvesies with records with his cousin and uh he actually had like uh and I had cassettes and stuff because my old man was on a cassettes uh, run for a while. And um... hey, we lost it for a second. The barren wasteland that is fucking eighty-eight. Oh, I just, like went through a goddamn dead patch. For oh a yeah. Fucking minute. There's a there's there's a lot of them out there, but we we keep this in because that's that's just how we roll. We keep it Ugh. punk rock. Dude, can you so can you please restart that? So all I got was your dad went halvesies, and I really wanted to fucking hear where this was going because like I had an idea where it was going, but can you continue from that point? Yeah, so uh, he would go halvesies with records because obviously they needed money for pot and 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 what the whatever alcohol they were drinking. I'm sure it was of something. Course. I'm sure it was something real cheap. Uh, black velvet yeah yeah whatever whatever was like literally cheap and and uh i don't even know what an old liquor store was i'm sure there was an old liquor store probably title town yeah yeah i wonder what that that used to be called something i'm I'm, maybe foodland still sold alcohol at that point i don't know (laughs) uh but regardless um yeah he would go halvesies with his cousin brian and they would uh and so they had kind of amassed a bunch of records, and he left them uh, to his cousin and didn't really take them and stuff. But obviously, I, I was left with, like, cassettes because cassettes were, like, obviously everyone had a cassette player in their car in the 90s. Not everyone had a CD player in their car in the 90s. So um, obviously a lot of cassettes is where I started, like, kind of, like, hoarding, like, uh, cassettes here and there. Some Black Crows. Um, the cars were, like, some of the first cassettes that I can remember having. But then... Um, when uh, 
you know, he uh, ended up, I don't know, probably, like, burning one in the garage with his cousin. They were start talking about, oh, what, do you still got any records? Like, yeah, so he... He brought him out, and my old man took him home and uh, amassed, uh, you know, kind of gave him to me. So, had, like, obviously all, like, the, you know, stuff, uh, Foreigner, uh, you know, uh, Kiss Destroyer, uh, the fucking Grease soundtrack. I don't know why that was in there. Um, dude, dude, that's funny you fucking mentioned that, because I actually ended up inheriting that on CD for no apparent reason from my fucking dad as well. This was after the records were handed off. But same thing, it's like, you're really going to sit down and listen to one of the fucking Gibb brothers from the Bee Gees, dad? Like, and don't get me wrong, the soundtrack, that title, that title, Grease soundtrack, you know, it's, it's, it's got some movement in it. I just can't see my dad boogieing to it, you know, that's, yeah, exactly. It's a fucking thing. But anyway, sorry, it's funny you mentioned that, because that's no. a, that hits home. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of BOC, a lot of Blue Oyster Call, um, I mean, like, you know, just like the classic 70s stuff, uh, really, and then it kind of, like, grew from there, because obviously, like, you start playing this stuff, and then you're like, oh, shit, like, I know Burning For You, I know, uh, you know, The City's On Flame With Rock And Roll, I know, uh, you know, Jukebox Hero, all this stuff, and then you, you know, you end up like, okay, what record's that on, what record's that on, and then, you know, Lawn Sales is where I really got, like, a lot of amazing finds, honestly, um, but that's the, that's the glory of like older vinyl records is you can find them just about anywhere. Right. Um, but, uh, so what does your, now how do you feel about, well, we'll, we'll jump into it right now. Cause obviously vinyl is where you real, where, although I will say I, I, I had already started collecting CDs, um, at that point too. Um, and I love CDs, but what's your, I mean, what's your fate, what's your favorite, uh, as far as uh, music goes, what's your favorite format? It's, it's I'm I'm gonna assume vinyl. So I actually I I do love fucking CDs. Me and too. Me I'm I'm a diehard uh, lover of uh, the CD. It's and the thing is too. It's like I know you get a lot of those like audio files that'll be like, well, you know, technically it's like the vinyl. It's like don't give me that fucking speech. It's like I know. It's, it's technically the closest you're going to get to a raw mastered fucking cut copy of the actual song, the way it was intended to hear, the way the band fucking mixed it to. I get that. However, when it comes to all the other things that spur in fucking nostalgia and, and going to fucking media play with, with $30 and being like, fuck, this is insane. I can maybe get two and a half CDs. Like, that would... CDs for me just have that, that special spot. It's like... And, and again, I, I'm never going to try and argue with somebody that, although records sound better based on the fucking, obviously the, the speakers and shit that you have, but like, I like CDs. I, I like yourself, I didn't have, um, or like you were talking about, like, I didn't have a CD player in my car until, I don't know, we'll, we'll say like 2009, 2010. Right. So it's like, I grew up with cassettes like you, but after that point like i still always listen to cds i listen to cds on the fucking bus when i was in elementary school you know it's like i've just that's been a consistent thing in my life and i i love cds i know i know people kind of you know give me shit for it but i still buy cds i love cds man 
Yeah, um, I mean, they are called compact discs. They just, they're easy to move around. Um, I mean, I don't have, I mean, it, it, it almost pains me that I don't have a CD player in my car right now, but, but they just don't, they don't make CD players for cars as much as they used to because people have just moved to, to uh, streaming and to obviously the MP3s, the iTunes, the Spotify's, the Pandora's, what have you. Um, and uh, I was looking at getting like one of the just like connector ones, a portable CD player, just to hook up through the aux uh, input to to do it that way. But uh, uh, yeah, the same way, man. Like uh, you know, it just it was a portable CD player I had at all times in high school. Like uh, you know, it, from like seventh, uh, like sixth, seventh grade on, like. I always had like uh, you know my CDs my portable CD player with me and uh and uh you know the newer vinyl like a lot of that shit is taken from digital recordings you know if you listen to like and I know a lot of them will say like oh they're taken from the original analog uh masters or whatever uh some of those maybe are but a lot of them have been compressed and digitized I mean if you listen to Led Zeppelin 4 uh, uh, you know, one of the real records from the 70s, a Led Zeppelin 4, yeah, it sounds awesome because it's as raw as it could possibly be. Right. But, I mean, if you buy, like, one of the reissues now, like, that's why part of me, like, I really stopped buying newer music on vinyl save for, like, you know, the, you know, uh, CJ, Ramon stuff, uh, you know, and a couple, like, Converge, 18 Visions, the bands I really, truly love. I'll buy their stuff just because I'm, uh, I want to collect all the stuff that they have, but as far as buying brand new vinyl, like, I'm not as sold on it as I used to be. I buy, I still buy more older records now than I buy newer records. Right, and it's funny you mentioned that because that's a really good point. One thing that I definitely have gotten the habit with doing is for some of these different companies that'll gain the rights, you know, some of these different labels and stuff that'll get the rights to repress albums. Um, there's a, there's a handful of them. I, I couldn't name them off the top of my head, but um, I've gotten much more diligent about, okay, I'm going to buy this repressing. Let me just do a quick search, read a couple like posts on a message board. Does it sound like shit? Because there's a couple of them out there. Um, like, for example, from what I've been told, like some of the, the Husker do represses sound like complete ass. And I don't know if it's because like you're saying it's basically uh, a digital, a digital rip, or I've also heard the flip side where it's like, there was, there was this post I was reading where the guy's like, dude, that company is notorious for for basically putting out de defective records and they kind of sound like trash. And it's like, that that kind of it's kind of makes me sad in a way because it's like, you know, obviously it's like if somebody's putting their money out there to buy something, blah, 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 that gets into a whole other morality thing. But, but at the end of the day, you're hitting on something that's super important where it's like... Um, this massive craze one i was just having this conversation the other day it was actually on record store day but it's like it's funny because um there's a couple people in orbit you know people that i'll see on a semi-regular basis where it's like they got it as soon as records came back in they're like oh shit i'm buying records now and then it's like a year later they're like yeah i don't i'm getting rid of these it sounds like shit it's like i don't need this it's like well, it's because you went to fucking urban outfitters and you got your fucking all-in-one goddamn record player with the onboard speakers that do sound like a tin can right it's like uh, some of it does come down to the fucking setup but dude some of these fucking repressings it's like 
But it's that, just like it doesn't sound like as good. I don't know. No, and well, that's what's funny too is like everyone says vinyl sounds better. Like, no, don't get me wrong. In the certain in in most circumstances, yes, it can. If you're listening, especially to older vinyl, but I think CDs Absolutely. do sound the best. But also, people who are playing records who are really who really truly believe vinyl sounds better. Most of the time, they're talking about listening to rumors on vinyl, an orig- one of the original, or you know, when I say original pressing in the '70s, like obviously, it was mass produced in the '70s. So to say original is kind of like deceiving, yeah. but, but you know, a record record from that era, from the '70s era, that was made in the '70s, whether it was the 14th pressing or whatever, because records sold millions then. Um, oh yeah. But obviously, people are spending more time making sure they have proper speakers the best speakers that you can find um you know you're taking care of your records and stuff like that so obviously if you play a, a, a record from the 70s i.e uh you know rumors or kiss destroyer or something like that it's gonna have that rawness and that cool factor of it being you know from the analog recordings um because it, it but that's just you know you're listening to recordings from that era um, and I think people are more revere the vinyl sound for the era of vinyl. At least I do. Uh, I revere it more for the the era of the '70s vinyl. Like if I listen to uh, like let's say Rat Out of the Cellar or Dokken, uh Back for the Attack. If I listen to that on vinyl or I listen to that on CD, I virtually can't tell the difference other than like the hissing and cracking that I'll hear on the record. Right. Uh, um, but, you know, like, once you got out of that classic rock era of the 70s, um, and 70s music in general, I feel like it lost its kind of, like, touch for me. So most of the records I listen to on vinyl are all 70s and, like, early 80s stuff. I don't know why, but I like hearing, like, 80s pop uh, or pop rock on vinyl. Like, say, uh, you know, Madonna or Oingo Boingo. Like, I like listening to uh you know madonna records on vinyl i don't know what it is like i i i i'm not gonna hear much of a difference between that and the cd i don't think but there's just like a feeling i like listening to certain records on vinyl and i think it's like okay like some kid my age maybe not a male uh but (laughs) uh you know someone was listening to uh madonna like putting this record on like this used record that i bought like 10 years ago like someone bought this when it came out and listened to it in the 80s on vinyl so i like kind of like living vicariously through that time period and stuff so i think that is like but even just thinking about how deep we're talking about listening to like vinyl and listening to these records like that whole experience is lost upon people now who don't even listen to records. Most the average person doesn't listen to records in full. They make they listen listen to Spotify playlists and things like that. Right. Uh, so that whole experience of looking at the liner notes, looking at reading lyrics and reading thank you lists and stuff, it's kind of like lost. And honestly, I discovered my love for that through CDs and stuff. And then obviously getting into vinyl and stuff, it's really cool to see like a lot of liner notes and stuff from like seventies vinyl and things like that. Well, it's like in, in touching on that, the whole, like a lot of these repressings that, you know, these companies are, are getting the rights to do. These labels are like repressing and re-releasing stuff. Um, a, a good example that I found with like, I've purchased some of the original pressing stuff and I've, I've, I don't want to say I've more or less been forced to buy some of the more recently pressed stuff, but um, like Venom, for example, 
it's like I've I don't want to say that I've struggled to find like a reasonably priced copy of um, Welcome to Hell on vinyl, but I've kind of struggled to find a recent uh, reasonably priced original quote unquote original pressing of Welcome to Hell on vinyl. It's like I can buy it now. Uh, something that was pressed four five years ago, repressed four or five years ago, um, for you know twenty five thirty dollars online. However, it's like you know in terms of the the audio quality, it's like I gravitate towards buying the repressing of that album because I I want to hear it. It's almost like the experience of being like, okay, well, I might not own the original, the original pressing or one of the original pressings. Um, but I was able to get the physical copy of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. And that, that to me, it's like, I, I always prefer physicality, which is probably why we're having this conversation. Now it's like, I always prefer to physically own something, but there's definitely something that, that needs to be, that, that needs to be said as far as like the quality and kind of that misconception about like these brand new, the brand new, you know, 2018 fucking, 35th anniversary pressing of rumors versus you know one of the original ones from the 70s or 80s it's like you know there's there's clearly a difference between those two and it you know comes down to how and why you're listening to it exactly now uh i'm gonna do a little uh uh pop quiz for you uh uh not pop quiz but either or uh to choose the between the two a little little game if you will so uh We'll say uh, full length or seven inch. See, I, if you had to choose, well, I'm I'm gonna perform. I'm gonna I do, see. I'm an album listener, so I'm gonna choose full length. I like to listen to. I've I've kind of been in that trend since I was like younger. Um, I like listening to things all the way through. As far as singles are concerned, seven inch stuff, it's like I don't mind it. And I know you get some really cool B sides and maybe some random like you know stuff on there, but I I prefer full length myself. Now, uh, CD or cassette? <sighs> Definitely CD. Yeah, cassette was terrible. Don't get me wrong, I still own all my fucking cassettes. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, but it's like. Uh, I don't know. My mom was responsible for the majority of the cassettes that I got as a kid, and um, I just never got rid of them. But I also had a cassette player in my fucking first car. Right. You know, that's how I that's how I listen to music. But but anyway, continue. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Color vinyl or black? Oh, it doesn't make a difference. Black, I guess. Um, I think that's all I got. <laughs> um. <laughs> It is um, as far now. Did you hear about the three-inch vinyl that's now out, and they put a record store exclusive three-inch vinyl player out? Dude, I saw that, and like, they're they're know. turning it into complete novelty now. Dude, I view that shit, and I might get some fucking hate for this, but like, I view that type of novelty shit no different than fucking picture discs. It's like, yo, okay, uh, I guess it would be cool to have a teenage bar rocket picture disc of Death by Television, but. I don't want a picture disc of Teenage Bar or uh, the Lillington's Death by Television. I'm fucking sorry. I would just as soon have the fucking the album itself in the sleeve. Like what? I don't know. Picture discs are more like decoration. That's the way I look at it. It's cool to own, but like 
what the fuck? Have you read up on these three instances? All I've seen is them promoed. I, I don't know what they are other than smaller vinyls. So I went and looked into it. Well, I was looking at the Record Store Day list just because, like, dude, I haven't attended a Record Store Day, I think, since 2016 was the last time. I'll usually go a few days later and look and pick through what's left, and usually what I want is still there. Um, right. So I don't need to go through the crowds anymore. Um, but, yeah, I saw that it was Record Store Day exclusive. It was created for Record Store Day, and you can buy your... You could buy three inch. Really, we're down to three. We don't need the three inch record. Come on. Dude, they're CDs. They're fucking CDs, man. Buy yeah. a CD at that point. Do you really want to fucking put, move a stylus that goes onto that from your fucking small, tiny ass? It's just, it's fucking foolish, man. It's just fucking foolish. Yeah, it's uh, but I think you know they know people are gonna buy it because some people have money and they do shop at Urban Outfitters. Um. <laughs> And that's just how it goes, but uh, but I do like um, I mean, like I said, it's just as far as buying newer stuff, I scaled down over the past probably probably three years. I've scaled my vinyl back. I'm just like I had so much newer vinyl from like punk and hardcore bands and metal bands that I was just buying like mainly because like okay, like it was usually like bundle stuff, like oh that T-shirt's sick. Oh, it's only forty five bucks for. The CD, the vinyl, and this, and the shirt. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. And I ended up like just amassing stuff. I'm just like, I already have this on CD. I don't need it on vinyl too. It came out in 2000, like 10 or 2009. Like I don't need a vinyl copy of this. Right. And I would, I would opt to get rid of you know newer vinyl of the past 10 years of bands that have put stuff out, and then try to go and get stuff I really want off like eBay and stuff. Which you are fucking a goddamn wizard with that shit because some of the stuff that you found um, and you've I know we've had this conversation before about that uh, Bridgeport uh, flea market or the Lakeport flea market or whatever. Oh yeah, um, dude, that place is fucking awesome. Um, but as far as like finding original pressing or you know quote unquote original pressing stuff, um, one of the things that Doctor Strange uh, records on Fridays he does a live Strange like stream. Um, and it's, I don't know if you got a chance to check it out, but long story short, I'm not going to fucking, you know, suck this guy's dick and give him free promotion. But like, it's a, it's a label, uh, out in California. It was made back in 1989, I believe. And they have some bands signed to it. They put out some stuff, but he basically is like, my interpretation is like an old, an old West coast, uh, Coke user, punk guy who's super fucking ridiculous. But what he does is every Friday he'll like do a live stream and he'll uh, do like a, a live bidding thing. Oh, and wow. He'll pull, he'll pull records. And like he will get a lot of repressing, but he does every week without fail consistently have original pressing stuff. And I've been able to get some really fucking random like stuff that I've kind of been waiting for. Like I picked up a Citizen Fish album. Uh, you know, same thing, fucking original pressing, um, and, and it's stuff like that. That's what I like to see. It's like, yeah, it's like I fall into that trap of okay, um, I own this on CD or I've owned this on CD. My 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 copy is shot. Uh, I guess I'll buy the repressing or whatever. And one thing that I've noticed a lot of these labels are doing now is for like the repressings, they will issue a digital download like code. Yep. 
Yep. Which, like, okay, you know, that's that's fine. But anyway, I don't mean to get sidetracked or whatever. But um, no, that's a, that's something that's probably the last uh, ten years or so is something that is. Uh, it's kind of like became when when people started when it was a probably I will say about 10 years ago when the real true resurgence of vinyl kind of really kicked into overdrive was about 10 years ago and that's what bands started doing because they knew people would buy the record just to display it or just to have it or just to buy it and then you get the digital download they really want the digital download the kids will download the download it that way and listen that way and they have the record is kind of like a novelty piece which i understand why bands started doing it because then it becomes like you know i'm collecting them to have the colors and kids that aren't really listening to them which is fine and dandy um because and i think the way that the reason bands bought into doing that again and and doing the all the variants and the colors i mean hardcore never really gave up on it and punk really never gave up on it they kind of kept that going but I've seen a lot of other bands and genres dive into that because they aren't going to send, they aren't going to sell a CD, but they will sell a vinyl record because it's limited to so so many colors on, on of this variant and that variant, and then it's a fear of missing out thing that is instilling within its respective scene, and uh, it's a way for them to kind of you know get an extra twenty bucks from the in the merch table. Uh, from the mer- in the merch booth uh, that they otherwise wouldn't have because no one's going to buy a CD. Oh yeah, dude. I, I wanted to ask. Uh, I want to ask your opinion on something because maybe you'll know the answer to this. Because I guess I just. I don't know. I. I would rather bitch about it and like ask somebody that that knows for a fact. But uh, for example, I I will see oftentimes, and I know. So, as you know, imported records tend to be a little bit more expensive. Okay. Yep. For for whatever reason, sometimes there's bonus tracks. Like for example, the Clash is self-titled record. Okay. The UK version and the US version have different tracks, different track order, etc. Some stuff's included on the US version that's not in the UK, and vice versa. Now, I've also found on the flip side, there sometimes will be no difference at all. It'll be the same track listing, and what kills me is. I feel like there's this weird fallacy. Sometimes I'll go into to a record store and it's like, we've got the, uh, whatever, we've got the German pressing of, you know, Misfits Famous Monsters. It's like, it's, you know, $39. It's like, why is this $39? I will. So, to- so if you know the answer, please tell me because it's like, I, I guess I'm like, I'm, I'm still going to buy it. It's just like, why am I paying more for it? Are there, bo- are there, is it consistently always bonus tracks? Uh, different like wh- what is the actual difference because I don't own a ton of imported shit so uh, I don't either and uh, I'll give you I'll give you a little insight as to why I don't really I don't truly other than CDs you know what CDs I do try to get imports I have I have quite a few imported CDs mainly because of bonus tracks that um, you really can't find anywhere into um to, to give you a little insight, um, I'll preface this by saying Germany actually has the most vinyl repress slash bootlegs of any country when it comes to Morrissey and Smith stuff. Dude, it's funny you mention that because I'm pretty sure that my copy of The Queen is Dead is a German import. I yeah. believe. Yeah. I believe. They, um, there's a couple companies. Um, they're all like bootleg and stuff. And props to them. They do a, a pretty decent job. But uh, 
almost all all like imported stuff for Morrissey and the Smiths seems to always uh, be German. Um, and they're just represses and they'll say like, oh, it's an import. It's an import. I mean, it is. And, and most of the time it's just like a color variation and stuff. But like true imports from like bands that will want to buy and stuff. A lot of times, yeah, there are some. If there's bonus tracks, that's definitely the like the main reason you want to get it. But then, absolutely, absolutely. But then, like, I know that uh, Brain Drain has a few different uh, import selections that you can get. I know, like, um, with uh, a Brazil, the Brazilian one, I think it is. Um, I think it is colored on the back, like where there. It's actually the, a clip from the video. I want to be sedated when they released that the video for that off Ramones Mania. Uh-huh. Um, the back of that has a colored picture of them sitting at the, the kitchen table or whatever at the kitchen table, as opposed yeah. to the black and white, I believe, which is the U.S. I might have swip swapped, but then um, and it could even go down to something as simple as like font on the front. Like, uh, and I think the font differs a tiny, tiny, tiny bit on the front of Brain Drain with that. And it's not, it's almost not even noticeable, but someone who's stared at it long enough could know. Um, and then, and then it, it literally will boil down to like, uh, the labels on the, on the actual record. Are they white? Are they blue? Okay. The U S version is white, but then the UK version that Chrysalis put out, uh, or Chrysalis, whatever, um, is blue and not white or red and not white and the white is actually you know technically the first pressing and the blue is actually technically the second pressing um and and so i mean if you're not buying them for simply like bonus tracks um a lot of it is just like little things like that like oh there's a difference between that or the track listing's different and things like that um, the only time I've seen it where it's like effectively different a lot of the times is, uh, with CDs and it's mostly because, uh, the labels, their overseas labels are usually different. You usually have, uh, one record company putting out your music in North America and then another company putting it out in Europe. Um, so you'll get like a different track listing and the European label for whatever reason, wasn't like uh gripey about it and they were like okay you have 14 tracks you can put all 14 tracks on there um and then they'll be like okay well actually because you know our u.s label didn't want these two tracks on there we actually wanted not that them as uh 13 and 14 we wanted you know what would be track 13 uh actually track eight so push the rest of the track listing up a bunch uh, to accommodate for that. So that's what mainly those imports uh, seem. It's definitely as far as CDs, and I know with vinyl as well. But vinyl, it gets into, like, really, like, uh, kitschy, like, shit like that. Like, uh, different colored labels on the actual record and things like that. Dude, my my B-52's self-titled uh, record, I'm pretty sure it's a Spanish. It's either... It was definitely written in Spanish, but it, it's either the Mexican import or it is, like, from Spain. But the sticker that's on it is definitely written in Spanish and the label I'm pretty sure is it's the picture from the actual album cover. And I don't believe that there's anything sonically different or like track listing wise. It just kind of plays off what you're saying. It's just purely a label, right. you know, the, exactly. the actual label that's on it. But, but dude, I had to ask because like I said, there, there's sometimes that I'll, I'll hear these things or I'll see them. And it's like, if I can look on the back of the album, because I know the songs that are on here and there's nothing that's, that's new and unique and different. It's like, 
and, and that's a whole, I think one of the bigger things, especially with people with this whole new resurgence of like this interest, this reinterest in records. When I buy shit, I'm buying it to fucking listen to it. Exactly. And in this, I run into some of these people where it's like, I'm looking for the, the blank, the blank pressing of the, the import here and this and blah, blah, blah. It's like, but I'm not going to listen to it. It's like, dude, then why are you, why are you buying this to hold on to it to then resell it at a different time? Because it's something that's unique and blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's what I it like, really is though. That like a lot of it. Cause most of the time when you see these records, like records that I would be interested in for record store day, like, uh, for instance, uh, motorhead put out a, uh, Rockaway beach single and it's, uh, it's on purple. It's a purple seven inch, and uh, the cover is Motorhead on the cover, but it's like a Road to Ruin ripoff. Oh, nice! And the B side is like uh, R E M O N E S, like live in Berlin in two thousand like six, I think. Um, nice. Which is cool, but that record it's a seven inch, and I'm pretty sure um, a buddy of mine let me know that it went for nine ninety nine, brand new at Soundgarden. If you go on eBay right now, I think the cheapest you can find it is $45. So people are clearly, and there's, se- dude, there's several. I counted 13 the day of Record Store Day. So people are, per- and I think it was it was limited to, I, 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 w- I want to say 800 copies. So, and there was 13 of them on eBay on Saturday on Record Store Day. So people are buying them just to flip them and flop them. Um, and every time I go in, every time I had been in to uh, like Soundgarden on Record Store Day or Record Archive on Record Store Day, which i've been to both on record store days and uh people are there's people there you can i can look at them and they have no fucking clue like they wouldn't have the first idea how to even play a record let alone let uh let alone listen to it um so and there's people i I was in there and and a a woman quite plainly came out and and bluntly told me like She's like, yeah, she's just like, I come to these all the time just because, like, I can sell them on eBay for, like, a, a crazy amount. And I was like, oh, yeah, do what you got to do. But she spent over $300 on records on Record Store Day, and that was probably, like, se- six or seven years ago. Dude, it's – I've had a conver- – I've had these conversations where it's, like, me personally, it's, like, I think this this past year – like whatever, uh, last Saturday or last Friday, you know, Saturday, Sunday, whatever. Um, I bought a release. Um, I bought it. I did end up getting a Husker do, uh, record store day release, but I believe it was a record store release from like 2014 or something. So like I was, I didn't get any of the shit that came out this year, but from what I've been told and, and from, from the people that I've talked to, like, for example, uh, the people at like, um, last vestige and stuff. Um, my buddy, Alex Davis, he works at, uh, bleaker street records down in New York city. And the problem is some of the stuff that people do want, it's, they only make a limited number of them. They charge so much so that when the record store gets it, there's too much overhead. It's like, I can't charge this much for this shit because no one's going to fucking buy it. Exactly. And I, or, or or I literally have to give it away, and I'm not making fucking money back on it. You know, the whole point of peddling these things is to obviously get it to people at a reasonable price, so they'll come back and spend more fucking money. But it's like the way I look at it is, it's like I buy records more than one time a fucking year, and it's like um, 
it, it sucks because on the flip side, there are really cool fucking unique things that do get released on record store. Though. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, agreed. Uh, what was it last year that Ramones, uh, sun dragon sessions or snapdragon sessions or yep, whatever it was yep. it's like in this past year was uh one of their live shows and uh, live at the sure. palladium yeah exactly so it's like there are cool things that do get released don't get me wrong but it's like like you said there there's just in and even my buddy in the city commented on it he's like dude it's it's straight up for fucking it's the goddamn noobs like the the dumb people that come out that are willing to spend a ton of money on a fucking box collection of uh fucking prince or david bowie and, exactly you know, nothing nothing against the artists but the fact that the estates and the labels are like fuck these people are are dead uh we can kind of make a quick buck because a people give a shit about records again but b um they just passed away recently they're still fresh in people's mind exactly and it's like i don't know it, i don't know it sucks it's like you got to take the good with the bad i guess right yeah, it, absolutely. So, dude, so let me ask you this, because I know you want to talk about all different types of media, and I'm sure that we could talk about fucking CDs and cassettes and vinyl and stuff like that. Did you want to get into film? Because I know that that's... Um, I would love to hear some of the stories you have to say about, like, your road, because you literally have one of the craziest movie collections I think that I've ever seen in line with Jeff Swadowski's fucking grandparents who have a, who had, had the, the most insane wall of the, like when I say a wall, I mean fucking top to bottom. Like we're talking like four to five feet wide, um, VHS tapes. Like one, it, it was like a small, it was like Chenango video. It was that type of selection. Like it was insane. Um, did you want to get into that, uh, into that realm of talking about like physical media? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I got, yeah, diving right into it. I, I remember, you know, and I, I'd kind of talked about this on the episode I did with, um, with, uh, the, my, uh, cohorts at the, uh, friendship snake, uh, podcast, uh, so the same thing, uh, a lot of my first, uh, collecting of films weren't actually buying the videos because my parents didn't have the, the money to buy the VHSs every time one of them came out. And at that point, you know, it, renting was still such a thing, you know, sight and sound in Canastota uh, and later, uh, uh, video King in Canastota. And, and for you, it was Chittenango video. Um, and uh, it was mainly recording uh, movies off uh, Cinemax, HBO, Showtime, onto VHSs, and having the ones that I recorded was my first like collection of movies. And uh, and th- and then it later, you know, became uh, you know, I didn't even I had like a bunch of uh, all my VHSs. I had I didn't, dude, I didn't get a DVD player until two thousand one. Damn, dude. So I had nothing but VHS tapes, and it was mainly. But like I said, my parents had um, my parents had HBO, Showtime, uh, Cinemax. So I didn't really, I didn't need to do that all the time because there was and Stars, Encore. They had the whole fucking package. They're they're paying like three and a quarter for fucking for uh, Time Warner Cable at the time. Uh, like no joke, it was literally over two hundred and fifty dollars. Like back then, and back then, two hundred fifty dollars for cable is, is fucking insane. It's absurd. It's, it's an, an absurd. Ab- it's insane now. But uh, regardless, um, and then I think uh, probably in the early to mid two thousands, I started 
really heavily collecting my DVDs and stuff. And then DVDs obviously have, have turned into to Blu-rays and, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's never ending. Like, I got a movie in the mail today. I went off eBay for, you know, because I had it for 25 bucks on on the site that it was uh, from, and I won it for $7 with free shipping. Like, so, you know what I mean? So, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, which is, uh, which was um, a Half Moon uh, picture called Castle Freak. Oh, nice. Or Full Moon, Full Moon. What the full fuck moon, did I say, Half Moon? Yeah, Half Moon. <laughs> Truck the Dunn's Bakery in Canada to Half Moon Cookies. Yeah. <laughs> half Moon. No, full moon. Yeah. Dude, that's what's up. Um, that's what's up. But yeah, it's uh, and and that it's the same thing when we were talking about like I want like as with you like I want something tangible. Like I couldn't imagine. I will never. I mean, I do have iTunes. Um, but I also I own and still buy physical music. It's just I have iTunes because I have Apple Music because it's super convenient. Mm-hmm. And I, if I want to listen to fucking, if I want to listen to uh, Mono Bizarro when I'm walking around at work, like I fucking can. Like if I want, right. if I want to, if I yeah, if I want to listen to uh, you know, uh, you know, Kiss, uh, Hot in the Shade, fucking at work, or if I'm driving home, like I'm not always gonna have those on me all the time. So like it is, it's a convenience factor having that. And I, but I haven't given up on ha- owning physical. Uh, media and with uh, movies, it's the same thing. Like, uh, I want to own it because guess what? I'll get a wild hair up my ass at three o'clock in the morning and be like, eh, I want to watch uh, the special feature. I want to listen to a commentary uh, on pump with pump on Pumpkinhead. I want to watch Pumpkinhead with commentary. Like, right. you right. can own the the physical or the the non physical uh, download of Pumpkinhead. I'm sure somewhere on one of these. Uh, sites that provides it or streaming services that provides it but can you listen to the commentary can you say wait what did they say there was something in the special features let me go back and look at that but i'm also a psychopath serial killer motherfucker that like oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna buy the movie i'm gonna watch it and i'm gonna watch it with commentary and i'm gonna watch all the special features and i'm gonna think about things and start text messages because i heard something in the commentary like i'm a psychopath like that like uh, cause I just like live and breathe like f- films as well as music they do the same thing with music. How many times am I listen? Are we, are you and I like listening to like a record or something and we'll shoot each other a text and be like, Hey, so I was listening to this and remind me of this, you should check this out or something like that. It just like spawns from that. Um, and, b- but it goes back to like the whole generational thing. I think like people don't. Like, people really don't buy, like, most, the average person, you or I aren't the average person, but most people don't go out, buy, like, a used vinyl record, go home and listen to the thing front, uh, the A side and the B side. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't do that. They don't have the full experience of listening to a full record anymore. It's just, you know, you're, you're fucking doing whatever, you're plugging away on something and you throw on your Spotify playlist. So, correct me if I'm wrong, you and I... I'm 100% like, I li- when I, if I put on something, I'm listening to the entire album. That's, that's my experience. Like, um, I don't know if you're the same way, but like, I like listening to the entire thing. Don't get me wrong, I have built certain playlists so that if I'm fucking whatever, if I'm driving somewhere that I know I'm going to be on the road for a while and I can't monkey around on my phone to change it, I will put on something that I've created with a bunch of songs I want to hear. But if I'm, 
if I'm like at the house or if I'm listening to a CD or whatever, even, even with like Spotify, for example, I tend to gravitate towards like, okay, today I'm going to sit and listen to fucking all the entire, uh, suffer record from bad religion. I'm going to sit down and listen to the entire thing because that's, and I, I think you hit on something that's important. It's like people don't get that experience, but I almost think it's, it's also a fucking attention span thing. Oh, it it's definitely like, what, what, is all seated upon hits? that. What are the fucking hits? It's like, for me, it's like, I want to hear it all. Because a band, I, I don't know, I guess this, this is my fucking opinion about it, but it's like, a band isn't made based on the fucking hits or the, or the singles or whatever. What else you guys fucking do? Exactly. You know like, I, I want to hear all of it. I want, I want to listen to the thing front to back. What was the fucking, what was the idea behind this? You know, all that shit. So it's like, I don't know. I know I got off fucking topic or whatever, but... Um, I mean, do you find that to be the same way with, like, movies and stuff? Like, Yeah, because with- that's why... I, and You want to know something? I think that's why the movie theater experience is kind of like... I, I think it's still alive and well, but, I mean, people... People like Netflix is that Netflix has its own films coming there because they can watch it at their convenience. If they're not, because guess what? If they're texting and then they're like, "Oh shit!" Like I'm missing a bunch of stuff. Oh, I'll just watch it tomorrow or something because they don't think it's going anywhere. Um, yeah, and it's or the same. Pause it. The, the pause it. Stop it and pick it up exactly where the fuck they left or whatever. You know, like exactly. It's not. You have no commitment to it. Like you have no real commitment. Like if you go to the movie theater. You have to commit to it. Like, you've bought the ticket. You've bought your fucking $12 small popcorn. Like, uh, <laughs> you know. And for me, like, I'm doing, like, I, I don't fuck around when I go to the movies. Get the fucking big tub of popcorn. I get the largest yeah. blue raspberry icy they got in the whole fucking oh, joint. Dude. Dude, see, I, it's, and it's funny because both Hannah and I were talking about this the other day. And it's like, it seems to me that the fucking movie experience like you said, it's not that it's gone away, but dude, movies are in theaters for two weeks, three weeks. It's like, I remember at a time you'd have to literally wait six months for movies to come out into the store to fucking rent. Yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't even buy them yet. (laughs) You had to, you had to rent them first or whatever, you know, some variation of that. It's like typically, obviously when it comes out, you you have the ability to rent it either way uh, or to buy it either way. It's like the, the attention span of people and, I don't know, man. It's we we've gone the, the past couple times we've gone to the movies to see stuff, and we still have not seen Pet Cemetery. We're gonna try and fucking do it at, at some point here in the next week. I know. I want to talk about it with you guys, but don't um, listen to. We just just I just posted the episode where we talk about it, so I'm definitely gonna have to have an episode where I talk to you about it. Um, but even don't. Even if it's just, like, dude. Even if it's just a hot take. Even if it's just a hot take, I'd love to talk to you. about yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, dude, the last couple times I've gone to the movies, it's been like, not that it's been a bad experience, but like, it's just like, there's a lot of distractions in the theater. And I know it's kind of always been like that, you know, growing up in fucking Glenwood Plaza. It's like, you get all the guys. Month and they're fucking, they're throwing corn and being loud. We're all punk kids, but look, there comes a time when it's like, if I'm trying to watch a fucking horror movie or if there's suspense that's built or whatever, like, um, like for example, when we went to fucking um, Hereditary, you know how at the, the last twenty minutes it's like suspense is being built and it's fucking releasing. Oh yeah, you know it's just this monster orgasm for like twenty minutes of just like holy shit. We had fuckheads just talking and like consistently without fail. It's like the movie experience is just getting. 
and shit going off, like whatever, it's a lot less of we can be as into it and as serious about it as we want, but it's like if we're not like I've contemplated going to the movies and doing a matinee. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, see, I, we, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, like I, I am a professional. You can uh, you can ask Bridget for this. I I I'm a professional shusher. I have <laughs> I have fucking motherfuckers think like we had three teenage girls uh, behind us at uh, Get Out a few years ago when that came out, and uh, they were teeheeing and ha ha and fucking Gucci going and and going the whole fucking the whole fucking kit and caboodle. Guess what? That's fucking fine when we're watching the goddamn 20 previews, but guess what? When that fucking feature presentation hits and those lights dim, you better shut the fuck up because I'm going to shush your tits off. And guess what? <laughs> I fucking let out the most fucking obnoxious fucking shush because they were sitting right behind us. I looked them dead in the eye and fucking hit them with the fucking sh- the loud, long shush. Guess what? They didn't say a fucking word the entire time. Uh, never in the history of man has a shush been more effective than it was at that Get Out movie Fuck. theater. Yeah, dude, that's fucking hilarious. But that's oh what you—that's what you got to do. And I was—guess what? When we went and saw Pet Cemetery a few weeks ago, and uh, there was like young ass kids, like young, probably like seven or eight year olds in there that some parents brought. Um, and they were fucking teeheeing and going it too. And then fucking, I was just getting ready. The lights fucking dimmed. And I was just getting ready to turn around and shush. Some guy fucking beat me to the punch and fucking shushed their fucking little tits off. And guess what? They didn't fucking make a peep the rest of the movie. It was great. Uh, it, well, it's funny. It's like you can tell the people. And, and as you know, a movie ticket for you and Bridget to go, that's, you know, that's 30 bucks. That's exactly. Bucks, yeah, whatever. exactly. Your food, you know, whatever. You, you get your giant fucking ice, whatever. You're talking $35, $40. At the end of the day, it's like our parents didn't swipe their credit card, and we're just you know fucking around while our parents go get drunk at fucking you know. David exactly, Boston. you're you're we're, you're half a hundo into for a movie theater experience. But but it's also it's that idea of like I've been looking forward to this. I'm both physically, mentally, and financially vested in this. I've been waiting. I want to see what's going to fucking happen. I'm so excited, and it's like it's always that weird undercut of like especially now where it's like it's so easy for kids to go out, still be on their phones, still be super loud, and just kind of half-ass pay attention to a movie. Oh, yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, if you can't fucking turn off your phone for an hour and a half, you should just fucking curl up in a goddamn cave and die somewhere because you are of no use. You know, it's like you exactly. can't be that non-distracted. I don't know. It's it's fucked. But anyway. But, um, uh, but with uh, the movie aspect of uh, physical media and – and here's something that I'm huge on, and like it goes to the same thing that we were talking about with records, how people have the fear of missing out, so they'll buy two copies, one to have and then one to flip for uh, an exuberant amount, and uh, and that'll never die. Um, but they're still releasing all these older movies with newer special features and things like that. And it's more genre related, like people, like no offense to Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump's an amazing film, Robert Zemeckis did an amazing job with it. It's a, it's obviously like a huge film still to this day. And don't get me wrong, if they put out like an anniversary edition and had new special features, like people would buy it, but not a lot of people. Um, it's mostly genre film that has like a huge thing. Obviously, there's three or four huge horror slash sci-fi companies that are still putting out, um, you know, horror movie, older horror movies. You know, Shout Factory, Scream Factory, Arrow. 
MVD, all these uh, companies that are putting out all these older genre movies with newer special features and, you know, a new audio commentary, new artwork and things like that because they're so diehard about it. That's why I've always said there's horror and sci-fi conventions. There aren't drama conventions. <laughs> exactly. Well, and it's interesting you bring that up, too, because I remember when you sent me um, one of those care packages you would send me the bootleg of Demon Wind, and you were like, dude, so I recently had gotten a uh, a DVD, or maybe it was even, oh, it was Blu-ray. Yep. You're like, I got the Blu-ray because um, for the longest time, you could only either buy the VHS or you bought the essentially the bootleg, you know, the, the, the quote-unquote ripped copy from the VHS tape. Yeah. They just put it out on VHS, and I find that so fucking cool, and... I don't know if you remember when I was uh, when I was up in Salem uh, for the honeymoon. I sent you guys a bunch of those pictures of those like a bunch of weird DVDs. Oh yeah, like, yeah, old, I remember old horseshit. And it's like um, I ended up getting uh, a full movie. I got Parasite, that Demi Moore fucking her yep. first movie or whatever. But it's like um, it's stuff like that, which, which I find so fucking cool that it's like there's all these like subgenre, you know, horror, horror movie and like sci-fi stuff that was just like pretty much straight to video release. And now there are still people that are keeping that alive. And it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. You know, like, I don't know. I, I, I just think that's, that's, that's a brilliant thing to do because you're capturing people that are, that stu- that still give a shit about digital media and, and owning something physically. You yeah, know? Like exactly. And, uh, like I said, like, I mean, there's so much stuff still coming out. There's so many movies that are still coming out every year, especially genre, genre film, horror, sci-fi, action, even action films, um, that are still, I just bought, uh, I just bought Jean-Claude Van Damme's Lionheart on Blu-ray that has a bunch of new special features and new audio commentaries. And I had like a bare bones DVD before that. Guess what? Gets traded the fucking uh, sent the sent the DVD copy to uh, Soundgarden and picked up the Blu-ray and they're doing the same thing with a couple other of his movies. Um, so it's it's action movies too. It's all these genre films, the films that aren't the the superhero blockbusters and, and the the dramatic masterpieces that are in films and stuff. And I find that fascinating because I think it goes part and parcel uh, with you know like the punk rock, the hardcore, the metal fans who covet. Uh, you know the vinyl records and and things like that and the imports and what have you uh so it's always like you know the people that are into the the not so popular genres and those genres are self-sustained and through this cult following of people that are just so diehard about it right and uh there's just so much stuff there's so much content going still coming out and that's why it kills me when people are like, oh, they'll stop making DVDs, they'll stop making Blu-rays. They're still making DVDs. They're still yep. making CDs. They're still making, like, Blu-rays are still going to be made. Like, uh, And I don't think they're going anywhere because there's people like you and I that are still still buying them. Whether whether we're buying them used or, or, or anything, someone else is buying them and, and we're buying them. And people are always going to want physical copies of music and they'll always want physical copies of movies too. Not Obviously, those numbers are shrinking but the solid group of people, like, I'm not going to just up and stop collecting unless I watch some minimalist documentary and get so fucking, like, obsessed with it. I'm like, yep, I'm getting rid of everything. I can tell you right now, it's never going to happen because I still have 700 shirts, too, that I'm not getting rid of. <laughs> 700 
700 shirts. I Dude, I got rid of three bags. I got rid of 125 shirts. And probably since then, I've probably bought at least 40 more shirts since January when I got rid of those. Oh, my God. I'm a sick fuck. I don't know. That's awesome. Nah, there, it's hope. It's hope that this stuff will still continue to fucking exist. That's the big thing, you know. I mean, the materials that they're made out of too. It's gonna take a long time for them to deteriorate. So long after we're dead, I'm sure there'll still be that Blu-ray copy of Demon Wind, as well as that bootleg copy of Demon Wind, still <laughs> kicking around on this godforsaken planet. <laughs> exactly. But what, as far as like movie collection, what's your movie collection look like these days? Like, how do you still have uh, like VA, a lot of VHSs? I, I know obviously you still have an abundance of DVDs and stuff. Are you still you're still out hunting like weekly, like looking for new movies and things like that? So I'll walk you through kind of the, the collection process. So yes, to answer your question, I'm I'm constantly uh, looking for DVDs. Um, I actually, and this is, it's, it's funny you mentioned that about how you didn't end up with like a DVD player into, until like 2001. I'm pretty sure that Jerry Smith didn't have a DVD player in his house until his now fiance, uh, Daryl Ann, um, she went out and bought a, uh, VHS DVD combo in probably like 2006 or seven. Um, so I had a back catalog of VHS tapes from her as well as stuff that I had gotten that was technically my dad's, whatever. Um, but I don't buy VHS tapes as much anymore at all. Um, unless there's something that I see that it's like, okay, I would like this, whatever. I, I would like this copy of, uh, you know, temple of doom or, or whatever gremlins too. I don't know. Um, but as far as like, I, I, I tend to try to get over to goodwill as well as salvation army. Um, a couple times a month I hit up FYE at least once a month. Um, and I'm always looking through the bargain bins. I'm always looking for the stuff that came out. Um, and I just recently started doing more with Blu-ray. Um, for the longest time I had just exclusively bought, uh, DVDs because I didn't have a way to play them. Right. Um, Hannah got me the Xbox one three years ago now. Um, so I have obviously been able to purchase more uh, Blu-ray stuff, which is really cool. Um, I think the last couple things I picked up was uh, the RoboCop remake and then uh, the latest Halloween film. Nice. And and obviously when uh, when Puppet Master Littlest Right came out, I went and picked that up from fucking Walmart on Blu-ray. But it's like um, stuff like that. And so, yeah, I, I do have some sort of a cycle. I am consistently looking for films. Um, it tends to definitely be more horror and or sci-fi. Um, we don't typically tend to buy a lot of comedy shit unless there's something that we know came out recently or um, it's something in the collection we don't have that we want. Right, right. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of that type of stuff we, we kind of have locked down where it's like, ah, you know whatever we own this i don't need fucking due date on blu-ray exactly like i'm i'm good it's a fun movie the you know when i saw it but um but yeah so yeah we do we do have some sort of a cycle that we go through and um haven't gotten into to the whole online stuff though yet have not and and i know uh with what it's uh screen factory correct um I know that you've shared with me some of the stuff that they put out, especially the, the John Carpenter stuff. Um, and it just sounds like amazing. A lot of this. Yeah, stuff they have, doing. I think they have over like five, 600 titles now and may they're like scream factory is the horror 
like uh, aspect of the Shout Factory brand, and there's just so much stuff, and they're constantly putting new stuff out. And obviously, the Night of the they have a, even a newer Night of the Creeps Blu-ray that comes out in uh, a few months as well. Oh shit! For real? Yeah. God damn, dude. New uh, new special features and uh, a new transfer for the film and all that fun stuff. So let me ask you this: So, um, do you? To, I kind of want to ask you the same question you asked me because it's a pretty cool one. Do you have like a cycle that you go through, like when you're hunting, or obviously we we have our own places that we go to look for shit, but like, um, do you find yourself going out and fucking digging through bargain bins and or going to you know thrift stores and you know stinking like old clothes and and shit like that and coming out with a you know a couple of random fucking DVDs? Oh yeah, like uh, there's so much newer stuff coming out. Like new when I say newer stuff, I mean like you know newer versions of Creep Show that came out last year or newer versions of certain films. Uh, they're all most ninety nine percent of them are all older films that I'm buying, but it's all like you know the older stuff that they're putting out new you know new special features, uh, new transfers, things like that. So I'm constantly uh, you know re-upping too. So I'm get I'm getting rid of like a DVD because they came out with a better copy of it on Blu-ray and it has more special features. So a lot of the stuff is that. So it's like that double dipping syndrome a little bit, but at the same time, there's so much newer stuff coming out and I was just like, "Oh shit, I never picked that up on DVD. Now it's on Blu-ray. I'm going to pick it up." So my Amazon cart is usually always uh full with uh, pending items. Um and then, uh, of course, Soundgarden, you can get, you know, $5.99, $3.99 Blu-rays, used Blu-rays. Um, so I'm constantly looking through there, just picking up random stuff here and there, you know. Like, uh, though I'll see, like, uh, not too long ago, I saw that they had a Fletch and Uncle Buck Blu-ray 2-pack. I was just like, well, for some reason I don't own Fletch, but I do own Uncle Buck on DVD. I can axe the DVD and get the Blu-ray. Uh, because nice. it comes with Fletch, so and it was, it was cheaper than what I initially paid for the Uncle Buck Blu-ray back in like 2003 or something like that. But, um, and then uh, yeah, it, if I see DVDs anywhere, and, I mean mainly I've I've pretty much replaced uh, all 90% of my DVDs with Blu-rays, but I still own a lot of DVDs because there's stuff that isn't out on Blu-ray yet, or there's just some kind of weird like uh like fucked up meaning for me to want to keep the DVD because I'll still have like Blu-ray copies of stuff that I'll, and I won't get rid of the DVD because I was just like, eh, that was like one of the first DVDs I got. Like I still had my very first Ferris Wheeler's Day Off DVD because it was the first DVD I bought. Nice. Um, As well as Return to Living Dead was uh, the second one I bought. Uh, So that one is, those are just like sticking right there and both uh, can't came out middle of the 80s to 85 86 so i just like won't get rid of things like that but um and then like like i said if i go into like the salvation army or the thrifty shopper i'm constantly going through the dvd check okay try this again so i was trying i was in thrifty shopper last uh when was it I can't remember. It was a few months ago, and I found Loverboy, which is an 80s, like, rom-com, uh, like, uh, kind of, like, raunchy film with Patrick Dempsey in it. But, like, and you could find it on eBay and stuff, but it was just, like, the, the thrill of the hunt to find it in the wild. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, that's what I'll, I'll dig through anything just to, just to look, just to see if I could find something I don't have or just, you know find something uh just be like if someone else doesn't have it you know i'm usually looking out like and to see like okay like okay like you know has maybe one of my friends hasn't seen something like this or something like that like 
so it's and it's just like just being a collector you you always just want to look it's just like the curiosity factor even if you know for a fact there isn't going to be shit over in the salvation army because there's like the thin case like world war ii dvds that fucking the library threw out or something you're like you're like i just want to see it like because i'm a, just a pervert with it <laughs> the goddamn the goddamn like you know uh 180 cartoon classic fucking five dvd set yeah did i know exactly what you're talking about exactly um but yeah, it's like it's a never-ending cycle, and like I said, I I like came home today, and there was a Castle Freak, uh, a full moon uh, movie uh, sitting here that I got for seven bucks. So uh, you can't ever pass up a deal either. Like uh, if I'm saving thirteen bucks, I I, I might as well have saved a hundred dollar bill. Right. Uh, Dude, I, actually, before I forget, one place out here that I've actually had pretty good luck. Um, with like Blu-ray and I guess like maybe a DVD. Um, we got a family dollar out here and there's been, that's where I got that copy of, uh, Robocop. On Blu-ray. Oh shit. And, and it was like three bucks. Yeah. You can't beat that. No. And so it's, it, I'm sure a lot of them are used and repackaged, whatever, but like every once in a while, like I always double check even if it's like, ah, you know, I probably don't need this copy of fucking whatever, you know, like, you know, am I going to watch it, whatever, but I still, I'm, I'm just as perverted as you are, dude. I will look, <laughs> I will look just to look to make sure it drives Hannah insane, especially because we'll be in places longer than we need to be. Cause I'm just like, hold on a second. Let me just look at this last row of you know, 150 albums or yeah, whatever it is. Exactly. You know, like I, we'll be, I just got to look. We'll be tore into like one of the last few remaining tops. And as we're walking out, I'll be like, hold on. Let me, let me look through the eight Blu-rays <laughs> they have over here. Okay. In the, in the fucking carousel or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. The front. Or, yeah. I'm yeah. like, and I have to look through those eight and be like, okay. Uh, Shutter Island, uh, Ice Age 2, uh, uh, Cop. Paul Bart, Paul Blart Mall Cop Two. Yeah, uh, Big Mama's House Two Pack. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I just had to check it out though. Just gotta, dude. Just gotta see. I the my Blu-ray copy of the 25th anniversary of Breakfast Club. I'm pretty sure I got it at CBS. Exactly. You know, it's. I, I always look, dude. I always look. And uh, I think as well as music, and, and obviously as we've talked with uh, movies, it's the uh, it's the thrill of the hunt going into even like an FYE and finding something, you know, finding a, a, a gem in the, you know, a diamond in the rough there, especially if you get a deal on it, you just, uh, it's a, uh, it's gratifying for sure. Do you, do you find yourself spending more money, um, like uh, with the horror stuff, whether it's Blu-rays, bootleg stuff like that? Um, do you find yourself like eagerly anticipating some of these big, like horror conventions where you know for a fact there's oh, going to yeah. be vendors? Cause like I, I've, when I've, looked into some of these different um these different conventions it's like some of the vendors at the list it's like oh this person's coming and they have ten thousand fucking uh dvds blu-rays whatever you know mixed bag worth of media stuff but um i I just i I often wonder is it like do you go there with something in mind oh yeah uh especially uh this vendor called diabolic dvd he has a site and he has so much shit on there. It'll take you. It'll take you days to even look through everything that he has. But he, it's all like the current titles. He carries a lot of Scream Factory stuff, uh, Arrow, uh, 
a, a bunch of shit, but even stuff like you weren't even like you'll miss. Like there's so much shit just being thrown at you. It's it's just like you know it's it, it's hard to keep up sometimes. But uh, yeah, when I know he he's at every Monster Mania, so I know he's there, and I know he has like there's usually. When I go to these things, I usually have like three, three to five titles that I'm like, I need to get these while I'm there because I'm going to, they're the same price everywhere Two, I'm going to be supporting like a dude that is like, you know, like one of us and three, like I'm going to save on the shipping costs. So like, I got to do it. Like I, I got to get them here and I can get them now and I can, you know, instant gratification. I don't have to wait for him for, you know, two days from Amazon or whatever. Um, so there's always like, whenever I, we go to those things, there's like a couple that like, uh, the movie, the craft, a teenage witch movie from the uh, mid nineties. Uh, so I, obviously I went to uh monster mania. I met Nav Campbell who was in that. Um, but I had her sign a, a screen poster naturally. Um, but I wanted to pick up that special edition scream factory, uh, that they had of the craft there. Um, just because and I, I'm a, like I said, I'm a weirdo pervert. So like, I'm meeting Nev Campbell and like, I want to buy like the craft like that day. So and I don't even consciously think about it like, like that really. But like now thinking about like, Oh, I bought the craft the day I met Nev Campbell. Like, so I have that little kind of trinket of a memory as well. Like, so it's little things like that. Like, he's, like I said, like it's stuff like most, a normal person wouldn't think about. And they're like, wow, you're really sick. Like you got a problem. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know, but there's, there's worse problems to have. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like, uh, when I know vendors are going to be there, especially like certain vendors, like I I know, and there's always used, uh, uh, movie vendors there too, that you can usually, if you're looking for something like, uh, specific, usually you can find something like something, you know, like, Oh geez, he's got that. That's a good deal. Like I'll pick that up. Like, so it's always things like that. But like, I mean, with, with, uh, you know, move DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff, they're, they're essentially like more places than you can even imagine. You can go into a thrift store, family dollar, Walmart, Rite Aid, like there's always something somewhere. So it's, it's so easy to like encounter them. So the, the hunt is never ending for sure. And I mean, that's not even counting, uh, you know, the hours of eBaying I do to find, you know, $7 castle freak full moon movies. Dude, I'm pretty sure I got the the transfers fucking three pack. I think I got that from fucking Tops and Canastota, either Canastota or fucking Cheryl. Yeah, you'll so find like, them find them at the most random places. And I know for a fact that you know motherfuckers that work at Grace or that worked at Grace Syracuse or something, they are not going out and watching transfers too. No, you know? they're not. There's. There's no reason. It, any of that stuff, any of the public message, whatever. Um, you're right. You do find it in the most random places. So you always look. <laughs> That's at least my thought. Like, I always look. If I see that there's something there, I'm going to take a peek. Um, so uh, yeah. re- small offshoot, but I a few, uh, I think it was two years ago, um, they had, or maybe it was, la- I think it was last year, actually, um, Full Moon's... Um, Full Moon's vendor table actually had a promotion that if you subscribe to their streaming service right there, you can cancel it immediately. Just pay for the for one month. I think it was like five ninety nine or nine ninety nine at the time. Um, you could pick three Blu rays off the table. 
Oh, God damn it. Um, so that I did awesome. So I did that and finally picked up, because uh, I, I watched them as a kid, I rented them uh, incessantly, the subspecies movies. Ooh, very nice. If you've never watched those, those are great. I've only seen the first one. The second one, Bloodstone, is fucking amazing. It's awesome. It's the best in the series, for sure. Uh, but those movies are awesome. Um, they're so much fun. And the second one, Bloodstone, is insane it's so out there and so great so i've seen i'm pretty sure i've seen the the trilogy um at fye and i just haven't pulled the trigger i believe they i want to say because is there like five of them or is it four of them i think there's i think there's five now um i could be wrong and i think i saw something about a new one coming out actually okay um, I could be uh, I could be wrong on that because uh, I mean I'm trying to like look okay so yes two was Bloodstone three was Bloodlust and I have the first I only have the first uh, two I don't have Bloodlust yet I haven't seen it in years um, the fourth one was uh, the Awakening or it was also called Bloodstone at, at, or, or Bloodstorm at, at one point. Um, but I think I saw. I don't know if it was just like a, a goof and like a, a like a weird rumored thing. Um, but I read that there there was possibly there was possibly uh, work on a, a new one possibly. But yeah, the I if you've seen the first one and enjoy it, definitely watch uh, Bloodstone because that one's uh, that one's amazing. Nice. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm always on the lookout. Definitely recommendations, uh, stuff like that because. I don't know. There's only so much you can you can do by reading, you know, a fucking post, you know, online from some flub. Doesn't exactly. prevent me from doing so, but when I know somebody, I trust their fucking judgments. Like I would rather hear recommendations like that. Um, and and, that, and I, that's what keeps uh, you know this physical media world and people like you and I uh, uh, keeps our interest in it and. Uh, you know, that's what it is. It's all like, hey, check this out, check this out. And then your, you know, your taste as well as your collection grows from things like that, from you recommending things to uh, to me, me recommending things to you, and then it just goes from there. Right. It's uh, a... Uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, now, what what is in your... What's in your current fucking, like, what's in your scope right now as far as, like, movie, like film is concerned? Like, do you have anything right now that you're like, I've been waiting for this? Not and not even stuff that you know is coming out. I'm talking stuff that has either eluded you. You haven't really been able to find it with for the right price. Um, like I said, nothing that's like, um, like on the verge of being released. I'm talking just in general, like something where it's like, I don't own this or I, I don't own the Blu-ray. I want to own the Blu-ray. It's out. I just haven't gotten around to, to getting it. Um, yeah, whatever. Like. So actually, there's um, right off the top of my head, I can tell you right now that there's uh, a movie. I think you've heard of it with Val Kilmer and Warwick Davis of Leprechaun fame called Willow from the '80s. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So that DVD was out of print and would go for like a hundred, hundred and twenty-five dollars on eBay for years. So they recently, and I think it came out late last year, they put out a Blu-ray of this. No shit. Um. And uh, like I said, it was going the uh, literally because it's a it's a George Lucas uh, funded film. Ron Howard directed it, um, and it was the DVD was going for like high dollar because it was out of print. 
but uh, they have, and then actually, I take it back. The 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 Blu-ray they had a limited like kind of like standard Blu-ray that came out of it, and the Blu-ray was going for that much as well. It was going for like high dollar for like a minute, and then it was out of print really quick. And they actually just put it back into print, and it comes with like uh, uh, I'm not sure what the act what that means, but multi-screen um multi-screen edition. So I think there's. Uh, I think you can either watch people watch the actors do commentary, or there's some kind of uh comparison like multi-screen. I'm not sure even what the what that even entails, honestly. But uh, but either way, uh, that's something I want to pick up, and also um, Starman, which is a John Carpenter film with Jeff Bridges from uh the uh I can't remember what year that came out actually. That's a it's escaping me right now, but that's a Scream Factory uh, release, and uh, it's one of his non like horror films. It's kind of like a like a alien uh, sci fi romance, but Jeff Bridges is in it, and it's a John Carpenter film. I haven't seen it in years, but I remember liking it when I saw it, and uh, I kind of I've been wanting to pick that up, uh, but it's like thirty bucks everywhere right now. So sometimes you're just like, yeah, I'll get it next week, get it next week. Uh, so that's something I got to pick up uh, as well, but. Uh, what about you? Actually, 84. I just looked it up. Uh, 84 Starman was. Nice. Um, stuff that I've been on the lookout for. Um, definitely, I've been looking for a good copy of Dollman. Um, whether it's, you know, DVD or or uh, or Blu-ray. Um, I've really, I really like Tim Thomerson, especially the stuff that he obviously did with Full Moon. Um, I've been on the lookout for that. Um, I'm trying to think of other stuff. Oh, um, dude, I want to get a copy of Shockwaves. I want to get a copy of fucking Shockwaves on uh, on Blu-ray. And it's like, like for example, um, like I said, one of the more recent purchases we got, um, you know, we picked up Halloween and stuff like that. Um, but I find myself definitely being like kind of on the lookout for like older stuff. Yeah, of course. But stuff, stuff that I, like I said, I, those are things that I've, you know, had to borrow from friends or whatever, like to watch. I, I don't own. So those are those are two things in particular that I'm like on the lookout for because I own I own the collection. I have uh, I have the Puppet Master collection with the exception of uh, with the exception of uh, the new ones that Full Moon came out with, which. Uh, I want to say there's like, I don't know. They came out with like three separate ones that were only, uh, that were only exclusive releases, um, you know, with, with full moon, but those, that's pretty much what I'm looking for. Uh, so I will, uh, give you some advice. Uh, so blue underground is also ran by Bill Lustig who did the maniac cop films and he did maniac, um, and, uh, that site has, uh, shockwaves, but it's also on Amazon, not the Blu-ray, but the DVD special edition is only $10 on Amazon. If you have an Amazon account, uh, Hannah actually does have an Amazon account. So by proxy, I have an Amazon account. So nine ninety nine uh, free shipping. No shit. Okay. Um, it, it, it's also super helpful when I have these conversations with you because, I know with all that like John Carpenter stuff, um, with like the Scream Factory stuff, you you know, you would give me kind of the details that well I could 
you know, obviously find it, that information online. It's like, you know, I like knowing that it's something that you're like, dude, no, this is badass. Like this, this steel case is awesome. The the new artwork, right. the poster, whatever it is. It's like, yeah, like that's shit that I need to know. I'm not, I'm not going to get that from fucking looking at a picture or reading it. Like you've done the research, you know, exactly the information that's being, um, or the new shit that's going to be on there. Like, I don't know. There's, there's something to, to still be said for that kind of the word of mouth. Those, those small communities of people that are still that exist. Are into that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, I guess on that we'll, we'll wrap this up, but, uh, but any closing thoughts on, on what you think the staying power for physical media uh, is and uh, will be? Uh, closing thoughts. I think it's similar to kind of what you had touched on uh, before. It's I think it's always going to be there. Um, I do think that there will be a resurgence, as we've seen with vinyl. I think with uh, movies, especially as these streaming services continue to get larger and, and monopolize things much more, I think we're going to kind of s- hopefully see the adverse effect where now people are going to start to gravitate towards, no, no, no I want to own these physical copies because I can't afford to buy, I can't afford the Disney streaming platform that, well, it might be affordable at first, they check the rates up, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think we will see a full circle with that. Probably not as large as this whole boom with uh, with fucking uh, vinyl and stuff, but I think it's it, it's always going to be there. I I think vinyl will uh, we're going to see a decline at some point here, probably in the near future, um, as far as you know the masses giving a shit. But it's always going to be there, man. There's yeah. always going to be fucking perverts like us out there that, you know, continue to keep this shit going. You exactly. Know? And it's, uh, I, I, I boil it down to this. If cassettes can come back because they're making, certain bands are making cassettes, even if they're a novelty just for people to collect them, uh, anything can come back. Um, and the fact that vinyl is still alive and well and probably doing better now than it has, uh, you know, it's, it's done better now in the past 10 years as, as well as it did in the, in the seventies. Um, so, and it's not even, I mean, that's the fact that vinyl, there's still a record, there's a record store day in 2019, even if, you know, we talk about the the shrubs that, that go there and buy this stuff, uh, aren't actual, usually aren't the hugest fans and stuff. There's enough of the real deal people out there like you and I, who uh, are keeping it alive. So it's uh, to say that, that that things like that and all these newer films are still being reissued and the amount of movies that we're still buying and the amount of physical music that we're still buying uh, in the age of the streaming and the, uh, you know, the digital uh, non-physical world we live in today, it says something to the staying power of it. So I agree with you. It's not, uh, it's not going anywhere. Hell yeah. That's why I like to hear, man. Not that you're agreeing with me, but the fact that it's like there is 110% hope that this shit's going to still be kicking around, you know? Oh, yeah. As long as, as we've said, as long as there's sickos like us uh, keeping it alive, word of mouth, uh, <laughs> it shall rain forever. Hell yeah. Well, all right, man. Uh, thanks again, Lou, for uh, coming on. Obviously, uh, we're going to have to do our uh, second part of the Alien uh, franchise here. Yes. Yes, dude, I got to get the fucking, I need to get that assembly cut. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got to watch that before we before we do it, for sure. Because I know that that's something that it's like, we've, all, like, the three of us have kind of talked about that for a while, and, like, 
I remember after we did the podcast, um, I did go home and look on my quadrilogy that I have, and it does not have um, the assembly cut. The, the, the Blu-ray quadrilogy that I got does not have it on there for whatever reason. I got the one that was released in fucking 2009 or, or 10 or whatever it is, so it doesn't have that on there. So I definitely want to get that uh, before we do it. So we got some cool shit uh, coming up the pipe. I'm, I'm excited. Long overdue for this one, for sure. So uh, do you want to plug these? Uh, you're in a, a little uh, punk rock uh, group called the uh, Nine Votes Short. Did you want to plug uh, some of these shows you guys got coming up? Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been playing with these dudes for, for about the past, uh, actually over a year at this point. But uh, we got some we got some gigs coming up. Um, we're actually going to be playing in Albany at the Low Beat this Friday. And then we're going to be in uh, Connecticut on Saturday. Um, we're going to be playing probably one of the... the the shows that I'm definitely excited for. Um, we're playing back. Uh, we got, I got the band back into the chance. So we're going to be playing, uh, with a pale horse named death in May on third. Um, and you know, you can find us on, on Facebook, um, fucking SoundCloud, Bandcamp, all that shit. Um, and we do a pretty good job. We got a, we got a little EP that's going to be released here, uh, probably in the next month, new material that, that we, we put together. So, um, yeah, we're, we're kicking off this little mini Northeast uh, Weekender tour coming up, so we're pretty stoked about that. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. We, we have yet to do a fucking show in Syracuse, but um, we find it hard to book punk shows in Syracuse. Yeah. Um, go, fi- go fucking figure, right? Um, but yeah, we got some exciting stuff uh, coming up, so definitely, uh, definitely check it out. Yeah, absolutely, man, and... Uh... Yeah, we shall uh, we shall pod again very soon. And uh, thanks again for uh, carving out some time on your uh, drive back from uh, the lowly downstate of uh, New York. And uh, of course, as always, it's uh, much appreciated, man. Dude, my pleasure. Thanks, man. All right, brother. We shall talk to you soon. All right, later, dude. Take it easy. And that is everything for this episode of the Heart Guy Media Podcast. Uh, you can uh, listen on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen, stream, or download your podcast. You can hear this. Tell your friends. Um, and you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Heart Guide Media. Follow there. Comment on our posts. Let us know what we're doing right because I doubt we're doing anything wrong because there isn't enough of you that uh, care enough to uh, say otherwise. Uh, but uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we shall see you again on another episode of the Heart Guide Media Podcast. <laughs>